If talking about new travel destinations or discovering the latest travel gadgets gets your heart racing just like mine, well then, you are in the right place. Hello there, I'm Katrina Rountree and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Come, our podcast about the wonders of travel, a place where we share memories from recent trips and we dream about upcoming adventures. So get your passports ready and join me for Journeys to Come. Top of the morning to you. Please excuse my accent. And if you're listening to this in the afternoon or at night, either way, today's episode takes us to Ireland. Oh, can't wait. Our very own Jack Irish spent a chilly January holiday traveling around this absolutely beautiful country. But thankfully for you, there are no holidays for the Journeys to Come team. We are always chatting to wonderful, interesting, amazing people to share their stories with you and their love of travel. So pour yourself an Irish coffee or maybe a beer, whatever you like, and meet Tony Murphy from Monster Bus Tours. Oh, he has the most wonderful accent. You're going to love listening to his accents. And he's going to take us on a tour around the Ring of Kerry and explain why more than 10 million people choose to holiday in Ireland every single year. A lot of people probably wonder, maybe it's not the weather, even though we do get a bit of sunshine in Ireland. But I think it's probably the warmness and the hospitality And I think that we're such an immigrant race, 55 million Americans reckon they're Irish descent. And I think if you go to Australia or Canada or the UK, there's an Irish influence everywhere. And with an Irish influence, I think everybody can see a little bit of Irish in them. And I think when you come to places like Ireland, it's kind of like more like coming home than actually traveling to somewhere different. And I think people kind of get comfortable with the hospitality, the different scenery, the different villages, towns, little places with more innocence than others. Um, We're a very successful country, Ireland, but also at the same time, you can put your watch back 10 or 20 years at any time, heading down to Kerry or Cork or Galway or into the West Country, um, where places that time have forgotten, really, I suppose. Well, time may have forgotten some of the places, but we certainly haven't. And with so many options to choose from, we asked the expert to guide us around the island. The capital is Dublin. Now, you can spend a day in Dublin. Best way to see Dublin is to hop on, hop off bus. Different landmarks. You're looking at Christchurch Cathedral, St. Patrick's Cathedral, Dublin Castle, Trinity College, Book of Kells. Guinness Storehouse, of course, we can't forget Guinnesses. But what you can do is kind of a clockwise or anti-clockwise motion, go around the country in seven days. And you'd start off in Belfast, Black Taxi Tour, maybe Titanic Experience, stay there for the night, then head up the Antrim coastline to the uh, Carrig Reed Rope Bridge, an old fishing rope bridge that goes between, not for the faint-hearted now, it's quite elevated above the water. And where you go across is to a little island. The old fishermen used to use it years and years ago. And from there, head up to the Giant Causeway, very famous, maybe into the walled city of Derry. Stay in Donegal for a night, lovely Donegal. And then head down the coast, maybe to WB Yates the next day, and onto the Straban coastline, and head down towards Galway, the city of the tribes. So spend a night or two on Galway. And from there, of course, the number one attraction, the Cliffs of Moor, you might have to see, or Connemara and Kylie Abbey. Swing from there down towards Kerry, one of the peninsula drives, which are wild Atlantic Way drives, very picturesque, 
the Ring of Kerry, Dingleslay Head, the Bearer Peninsula, just take one of them and then head back up into Cork, Balarney Castle, in around Cove, the big immigration point, two and a half million people left from that point, up towards Cashel and back into Dublin. You can cover this in seven days, guys, and you've done most of the key attractions in Ireland. Travel is often best shared with friends and family, so please share this podcast with your travel companions and make sure you subscribe to our podcast feed wherever you collect your podcasts. Okay, so we've got the next seven days sorted, but what about his favourite locations? I want to know. Well, I'm originally from Kerry and Cork, so I'd have to be a little bit biased. The probably most picturesque part of Ireland is down in the south and the southwest. Now, the southwest of Ireland takes in, I suppose, the start of the Wild Atlantic Way, even though if you're in Donegal in the northwest, they might say they're the start. Not entirely true. But it's the peninsula drives, it's the scenery, and I think it's the warm welcome, the people, the little character towns. And there's always a few laughs of a night time and always a bit of Irish music, never too far away. There's always somebody with an instrument, especially down around Kinsale, heading down towards Castletown Bear, heading out to little towns outside of Dingle, Killarney. And I suppose Dingle has often said that it's one of those places that people go maybe for a long weekend. And four or five years later, they're still there wondering why. With so many beautiful locations, it's not surprising that Ireland has become a favourite holiday destination for the rich and famous, from Hollywood legend Maureen O'Hara to Irish actor Michael Fassbender, I love him, to presidents and billionaires. So we asked Tony, why is it? Why do they all just love Ireland? A lot of people like to get away and a lot of people come here, which we brought on tour ourselves many times, very famous people, um, but they're a little bit more incognito here because some of the towns and villages you go in Ireland, they probably wouldn't be as up with Hollywood or Vogue or any of these things that are more worldly to other people. So they can kind of travel around the different bars and different places and probably um, not even be recognised, to be quite honest with you. And that happens quite a bit. And that's why people like Ireland as well, because it's kind of a getaway point. They're not going to be followed by anybody. So we do get quite a few famous people. A lot of US presidents have been over here. Um, Clinton used to enjoy it so much so we put a statue of him down by Ballybunion in Kerry by the golf course. But Ireland is a place that has things to do for any divide of people from the very wealthy to people that are on a budget. And of course, that is also the attraction of Ireland. There's an awful lot to do without spending an awful lot. All right, well, I can keep the bank manager happy and my camera-shy husband, but you won't keep me as quiet as the ultimate Irish fan who apparently lost in a look-alike competition. Well, Charlie Chaplin, nobody knows how he found Waterville, but it's a statue to Charlie Chaplin in Waterville. And uh, they're also a little museum. And the thing was, he came there on holidays every year, right up to the early 70s. And they have a film festival there every year, which is quite funny. His granddaughter still comes over to see and they have a look-alike competition. They have Charlie Chaplins coming from all over Europe. Absolutely hilarious. Thousands of Charlie Chaplins on the beer, basically. Because any festival in Ireland, there's always going to be a little bit of alcohol involved. And I did mention earlier today that they had a look-alike competition one time and apparently Charlie entered himself and he only came third. So that's Charlie Chaplin's interest in Ireland. As I said, 
anybody can fall in love with Ireland and that's a typical example and his family his granddaughter still has a house in Waterville today want more travel in your day well then join us on Twitter Instagram and Facebook just search for journeys to come and follow us and while you're there hey how about you share your own travel pics and stories with the hashtag journeys to come if you haven't already got enough excuses to visit, then perhaps a festival will change your mind. We love a festival. Any excuse for a festival. Um, also, we have some very unusual, quirky festivals, back to the very, very old festivals, which is one on the Ring of Kerry, Calorgan, which is known as Puck Fair, where, yes, a male goat is lifted 40 foot up in the air, well looked after for three days, and everybody has a party. It's a horse fair, it's music, it's dance, and this is one of the oldest pagan festivals in the world. So, why so many festivals? It's, it's usually at the end of a harvest festival. Uh, a festival season starts, and the harvest season ends probably around August, September, because back in the day, it was the hard work that was done during the summer months, that obviously you wanted to let off a bit of steam when you finished all your hard work. So what better way to do it? Only a festival. Listoon Varna is a matchmaking festival up in the west of Ireland. And it's gone on for hundreds of years. Very practical back in the day because these were all very small little farms with a lot of kids. There was no television back then. What else would you do? So 12 or 13 kids, the oldest boy in the family always got the farm. So the rest of the siblings had to fend for themselves. So immigration was rife. A lot of them left the country. So they decided to have a matchmaking festival there because they thought if a boy would meet a girl or a girl meet a boy, that they might settle down and have a family and grow the community a little bit stronger. But the festival is still there today and they still have the matchmaker there today. Okay, it's all making sense. We celebrate a good crop with beer. And of course, why swipe left or right when there's a matchmaking festival? But now where to get married and we can't come to Ireland without talking about cathedrals. A lot of the cathedrals in the country all date after our penal laws and history in around the 1840s, 1850s, they're all kind of around 150 years old and the taller the, the steeple as they say it was like a flag of freedom against an Irish people that were oppressed for so long so it was nice for um, them, they were not allowed to study their own religion for 150 years during this penal law process under British rule. So when they were given the freedom, under the power of a man by the name of Daniel O'Connell, O'Connell Street in Dublin is named after Daniel, and Daniel has a very beautiful church in his own hometown, which is Carrasivine, built in his name. So it's the Daniel O'Connell Memorial Church, and that is the only church in Ireland that's named after a person. So. Um, cathedrals, monasteries, abbeys, some dating back 11th, 12th century, Adair, a little chocolate box of a village uh, just outside of Limerick, has five monasteries um, dating back 11th to 13th century. Um, very interesting as well for anybody on the chase for a good monastery or cathedral. Well, as you know, I am absolutely obsessed with cruising at the moment, so I took the opportunity to ask about cruising around Ireland. Start off in Southampton in England, and they'll come across to Guernsey Island, just off England. From there they'll come to Cove, and Cove was where the Titanic left from, in a, 
many, many years ago, and we all know what happened to the Titanic, because Leonardo DiCaprio told us all about it. It hit an iceberg, and that's where it left from, Cove. Two and a half million Irish people also left from Cove. Very first person to go through Ellis and left from Cove, so that's significantly why the ship stops there. And it's also the second deepest natural harbour in the, in the world. You guys have the first one, that's Sydney. We have the second. And from there, they'll go to Dublin, and they might do a tour of Dublin from there. And from there, they will go to Belfast, and they might do a tour of Belfast from there. And from there, they generally go across to Scotland, and they might even do a switch over to Liverpool as well en route. So it kind of covers, I suppose, Southampton in England. You're coming across to Cove in Ireland. Uh, you're Guernsey Island you're covering, you're covering Dublin, you're getting across to Liverpool, you're coming back to Belfast, and then you might be taking in Edinburgh and Scotland as well. Just maybe five or six stopping points over maybe a 10-day period or so to get in the best of what's Irish and Scottish and maybe a little bit of England as well. Whether it's cathedrals or matchmaking festivals or Charlie Chaplin lookalike competitions, we asked Tony from the Munster Bus Tours how he can help organise your Irish adventure. We do small private tours all over the countryside. We take in all the 32 counties on the website which is Munsterbus, M-U-N-S-T-E-R-B-U-S, Munsterbus.ie. You will see there accreditations and different things that we've been given over the years. There's a three-day Taste of Ireland option, there's a seven-day All-Ireland, there's a five-day Wild Atlantic Way. This is only to give you ideas. Um, what we do basically is what a lot of people come here and a lot of people obviously in Australia whatever you have ancestry or you might be trying to find different routes of people well not find routes but even drive through the village anyway to say you've been there and we, we find a lot of that kind of they might have relations we might go off on a tour we do bicycle tours just to kind of fit into what you want to see different parts of the country you want to see and we walk with you basically to, to build your ideal tour. Now it's a private scenario, so it's just your own family with you. Groups up to 16, we can bring anything from one person on their own, two people, four, five, six, all the way up to 16 people, larger families or groups. And you head off, you've got your own driver guide, maybe myself, you'd never know, and give you a few stories, tell you all about it. We know the country pretty well at this stage. And we kind of give you a bit of an idea as to where to have a bite to eat, have a couple of pints, and what you should be drinking in different parts of the country, because obviously that's very important. And we wouldn't lead you astray. While you're listening, why not add some travel to your inbox? Sign up for my weekly travel updates at journeystocome.com. Okay, let's put him to the test and find out what we should be drinking in the different parts of Ireland. Well, to give you an idea, on the east coast of Kilkenny, you should be drinking Smittix. If you're in Dublin, obviously it's Guinness, because if you're down here in the southwest of the country, we cast Guinness as a Dublin drink. Down here, it's Murphy's or Beamish in Kerry or Cork. And obviously we have all our craft ales now, and apparently, as we mentioned earlier on, they're a little bit more organic and a little bit more, I suppose, maybe a bit more friendly to the to the system, and um, which we have welcomed with open arms because the Irish have been waiting hundreds of years to be told it was healthy to drink. So you can imagine that we have embraced a craft culture. So these are cropping up all over the countryside. Nearly every town and village has got a craft ale now, and especially a little town 
of Doolin, which I've mentioned already because it is a lovely little town on the west coast, up by the Cliffs of Moher. And in Doolin, you can get a pint of Dooliner. And they have a whole beer festival every year just to celebrate their own little beer. But it wasn't beer that warmed our Irish Jack. It was Irish coffees. And we want to know, where are the best to be found? I tell you, we could hold a few people to ransom here, you know, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Like, we have to be very... Uh, but we will say John in the Red Fox on the Ring of Kerry, just outside Kilorglan. Uh We've actually... Well, I haven't had any today, but... There's more people have had a couple today, and apparently they're very, very good. Well, I've heard this in the past, but he does a very, very good Irish Irish coffee. What about some of that traditional Irish cooking? Now, most menus in Ireland, you have bacon and cabbage. You have a shepherd's pie or a cottage pie. The difference between these is, it makes sense when I tell you, a shepherd's pie should have lamb, and a cottage pie should have beef, even though they both look the same. Now, also... They will have Irish stew in the menu and, of course, lasagna. You've probably seen that in your travels for some reason. We've claimed lasagna as our own, an Italian dish, but it seems to crop up on every Irish menu for some reason. But... Okay, finally, let's hit in with a couple of quickies. A couple of quick questions. Want to find the best Irish linen? Linen is famed with a couple of areas. Donegal, Connemara, and down in Kerry, they would claim it a bit as well. So linen can be bought... Um, we do, there's an awful lot of Irish shops. All the towns, all the cities will all have Irish shops. Avoca is a shop group. Um, there's a couple of more of them. But I would say one of the best places, Sneem. And there's a big kind of outlet centre in Sneem um, for shopping. And it might be a little bit cheaper as well than inside in the main thoroughfares or the main cities. Now, thankfully... Tony's accent is pretty good, absolutely beautiful to my ears. But he tells us that the Irish language is on the rise. Everybody learns Irish in Ireland from the age of five when you start school to when you leave at 18. So everybody has a little bit of Irish. Different parts of Ireland have Gaeltacht areas. And these Gaeltacht areas, um, coming out of Killarney, as we are now, and through Balavorny, Balamagiri, these areas would have schools that teach you through the Irish language. But... These schools are opening up all over the country now because what's happened in the last 15 to 20 years is the Irish language has become cool and it's become trendy. And the young Irish people, because Ireland has now become a bit of a melting pot in certain cities of different cultures and so on, have kind of looked for a bit of individuality. And this is, uh, this is happening throughout the country where the Irish language has been given a bit of a lift. And even the people that have come in and living in Ireland now and are even enjoying learning the Irish language themselves. So it's got an absolute revive over the last 10 or 15 years. And I think the next generation of young Irish people will speak more Irish fluently than the previous population. And the most important word? Yeah, the only word you need in Gaelic is slauncha. And slauncha covers a multitude. Because slauncha is hello, it's goodbye, and it's cheers. So slauncha live. Well, slonchigalive to you, Tony, and thank you for joining us as we toured around Ireland. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Journeys to Come. If you want any more information on the places that we visited, all the people we spoke to, then visit our website, journeystocome.com, for full details.